Hi, welcome to Real Life Christian Fellowship. We're located on 841 Crossgate Road, Port Winsworth, Georgia. Our Sunday worship starts at 10 a.m. And if you're not able to make it, no problem. You can find us on live stream at Real Life Church PW, or you can download our app on iOS and Android at Real Life Christian Fellowship. And we would love to see you and your family at our Bible studies. Refresh at noon Tuesday, refresh at night Wednesday at 7 p.m. And now, prepare yourself for the Word of God from our pastor, Paul Taylor. God, thank you for the Word of God. We thank you that all scripture is God-breathed. All of it is God-breathed, spirit-born. Fire instruction, correction, rebuke. Fire encouragement. Thank you that there is a word for the house today. We worship, we praised. Now you're ready to speak. My prayer is, is that we'll listen to you. Lord, when I say listen, I don't mean just hear you. Because a lot of us have heard you. I pray that we hear you by doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, God bless you. How are y'all doing today? Good to see, hey, twins, how y'all doing? Good to see you guys today. So good to see all of you. Amen. I am, uh, I am excited about what God has given me for today. Before I begin, I want to acknowledge Mother Alberta Trapio. I want to acknowledge Mother Linda Cobb. I, I want to acknowledge our elders and our deacons, Apostle Taylor, and I want to acknowledge my beautiful wife, Pastor Leslie Taylor. Y'all ready to get into this word? Well, we're not going to delay another minute then. I want to begin, begin today a little bit differently by giving you our topic first. And then after one, no, I'll start with some quotes. I'll start with some quotes and then I'll move to the topic. So, um, Jacob, you with me, young man? Give me a thumbs up. Two thumbs up. He's with me. The first, the first quote I'd like to give you today comes from Pastor Charles Roberson. And the quote is, you were not in the dream. That's quote number one. You were not in the dream. Did you hear that? I learned from Pastor last week that there are some things some moments, and even some people that I have to tell you were not in the dream. If you don't say anything, then a lot of things will come into your life and take residence. Bishop McLaughlin taught us that if we don't oppose things, then they have the right to exist. And so I have decided that everything that's not in the dream, I have to oppose it. You are not in the dream. You were not in the dream. The second quote I'd like to give you comes from Jesus. And, 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 and the, quote is, the quote is, why did you seek me? 
Did you know that I must be about my father's business? Why, why did you seek me? Listen to what Jesus says. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? These are the two quotes I want to start off with. First of all, the first quote. Anybody remember the first quote? Say it with me. You were not in the dream. That's good. That's good. Quote number two. Quote number two. Ready? Why did you seek me? Did you know, come on, that I must be about my father's business? I want to minister from the topic today. I don't have time for dot, dot, dot. I don't have time for dot, dot, dot. The reason that there are dots behind it is because I don't know what you don't have time for. This is for you. I see some of you writing behind. Don't, don't put the dots there. Write down what it is you don't have time for. I'm going to tell you, the older I get, the less time I have for foolishness. And I told Pastor Leslie a while ago, I'm getting tireder and tireder. I don't mean physically, I mean of stupid stuff. Clay, if it doesn't look like God, I don't want anything to do with it. So, so go ahead and say it under your breath. I don't have time for. I don't have time for being sick. I don't have time for being worried. I don't have time for taking on other people's issues. I don't have time to manage monkeys. I don't have, come on, come on, say it. Say it, don't leave me up here saying I don't have, what is it that you don't have time for? I don't have time for fakes and phonies trying to present themselves as the real thing. Don't have time. It's just some stuff you don't have time for. I want to, before we begin this sermon, I want to start by saying, and you ready to follow me, Jacob? The first thing I want to say is that this sermon is not about us. Because, see, we'll be, we'll be prone to, we'll be tempted to make this about us. See, and our own personal likes and dislikes and our temperament and whatnot, our, you know, what we prefer and what we, what we would not prefer. And we would make this very personal. This, this sermon is not about us. You understand? It's not giving us a right to just say, I don't have time for you. Talk to the hand kind of stuff. But this sermon is about our God-given purpose. It's about our God-given purpose. Our ministry. Our role in our family, our careers, our community, our giftings, our talents, our abilities, our skills. It's about our God-given purpose. You know purpose, that, that thing for which you were born. That nagging thing that won't leave you, Charlotte, alone. 
That even when you try to distance yourself from it, Pam, it keeps drawing you in. Pastor Robeson, Elder Smith, Bishop Curry did a, a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, clap your hands. They did a fantastic job. And they all, it seemed like they collaborated somehow, that they got together at Starbucks and sat down and compared notes and talked to one another because they talked about how difficult purpose can be. And, and, how, and how, how many times I must have wanted to quit. And as I sat there and I listened to them and I said, you guys have got the numbers way too low. Because sometimes I wanted to quit every day for a month. and nobody going to go to church with me today. <laughs> Purpose is difficult. And here's why it's difficult. Because the enemy is always trying to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. See, a lot of us think that once we find out what it is we're supposed to be doing, brother, brother Bert, it gets easy from there. No, 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 no. That's where the difficulty truly begins. I want to talk to you. I want to, I want to read something from Nehemiah chapter 6, starting at verse 1. And, 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 and I'm going to read um, nine verses for you. And I want you to really read up here and pay attention to the words here. We're reading from the CSB um, version of the Bible because we want to make it very clear. Listen to what it says, starting at, at verse 1. When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, and uh, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall. Are we in the same place? Yeah, we're in the same place. Uh, and, and that no gap was left in it, though at the time I had not installed the doors in the city gates. Sanballat and Geshem sent a message. And, and listen to what the message says. Come on, let's meet together in the villages of the Ono Valley. They were planning to harm me. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing important work and cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Four times, listen, four times they sent me the same proposal and I gave them the same reply. I got to read that again. Four times they sent me the same proposal. Come meet with us in the Ono Valley. We got some things we need to talk about. Four times. And he said, and each time I gave them, come on, the same reply. Sanballat sent me the same message a fifth time by his aide who had an open letter in his hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations and Geshem agrees that you and the Jews plan to rebel. This is the reason you are building the wall. According to these reports, you are to become their king. And have even set up the prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim on your behalf. There is a king in Judah, they said. These rumors will be heard by the king. Rumors. These rumors will be heard by the king. So come, let us confer together. This is the fifth letter now. So Nehemiah said, then I replied to him, there is nothing to these rumors you are spreading. Watch this. You are inventing them in your own mind. But they were all trying to intimidate us, saying they will drop their hands from the work and it will never be finished. But now, my God, 
strengthen my hand. Do you see the reason for the five letters? The reason for the five letters was intimidation. To make them drop the work from their hands. See, it's not about us. It's about the work. I heard Bishop Jake say that the devil doesn't want your car. He doesn't drive. He doesn't want your job because he doesn't want to work. He even said he doesn't want our kids. And he said some of us don't want our kids. No, the devil is after your purpose. Whole reason that they're sending these letters. Come on, talk to us in the Ono Valley. Come on, come have a conversation with us. And the man of God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't have time to stop what I'm doing to come fool with you. In fact, why? Here's the question why should the work stop? For you. What makes you think that you are important enough? For me to stop doing what God called me to do. To come mess up with you. Well, some of us need to start asking some questions. Oh, see, it's, it's, it's the kid. He says, well, look, at, look, I have to read it. They will drop their hands from the work. It's about the work. It's about your God-given purpose. That, that's what the enemy is after not your marriage but if he can get you distracted by what's going on in your and if we don't take authority over what's going on in, if we don't speak to it if we don't address it in the spiritual realm so that we can enemy Keep you from your God-given purpose by pulling you away from the work. Let, let, let me give you five things. There are five things, five things. Number one, distraction. Number two, insult. Number three, intimidation. Number four, persistence. And number four, five, discrediting. These are the five things that the enemy uses to get you off your job. Watch it. Dis distraction, insult, intimidation, persistence, and discrediting. Now, here's what I want to say to you. We're not going to go into that yet. I want to say something to you. Listen to me clearly. This is not the first time that they tried to get him to stop working. Let's back up for a minute because I want to show you something. Look at Nehemiah 2 and verse 19. Nehemiah 2 verse 19. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is good word. Now watch this. You ready? It's on the screen. When Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about this, that they were rebuilding the wall, they mocked and despised us and said, what is this you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? This is the first attempt. They, 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 they laughed at him, and then they came and they said, what are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Now, they did it again in Nehemiah 4, uh, starting at verse 1. Going through uh, verse 3, they came right back at him. When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious. He mocked the Jews before his colleagues and the powerful men of Samaria and said, What are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? 
Will they offer sacrifices? Will they ever finish it? Can they bring these burnt stones back to life from mounds of rubble? Then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, said, Indeed, even if a fox climbed up what they are building, he would break down their stone walls. Uh, there's another time in verse 7. Drop down just a little bit to verse 7 and look at what uh, it says. Sambalat the top Tobiah, and Sambalat Tobiah, and the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites. Look at the crowd grow. Started off with three guys. Now we got five sets of people, apostle. And look at what it says. When they heard um, that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing and the gaps were being closed, they became what? Furious. Look at how one person can be infectious to so many others. One man was mad that the work was starting. And as the work continued and he saw that he couldn't stop it, he got other people on board. And now everybody's mad about what you're doing. Y'all, God, the mighty. Watch this. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. So at first they tried words, Shakita, but words didn't work. So now they want to come and physically stop you from completing your purpose. Hallelujah. But each time, each time, each time Nehemiah said, why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Basically, what he said is, I don't have time for this. See, let me give you some history. When Nehemiah started working on the wall and all this stuff started happening, the people got scared. So Nehemiah said, I'm going to come up with a plan. While you work, hold your weapon. And you can have a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other. And then he said, some of y'all keep watch because them jokers run up on us. If they try to keep us from our purpose, it's going to go down today. And each time the enemy tried to get them off of their purpose, I need you to stay with me. Each time the enemy tried to get them off of their purpose, Sister King, they were more resolute because I want to say something to you. Every attack is actually an affirmation that you're in the right place. Let me, let me give you, there's 17 things I came to say to you today, and, and, and I'm going to move forward after I talk about each one of the five things. Go back to the five things we talked about a moment. Jer, um, um, what's your name, son? Jeremy, uh, Jacob, Jacob. Call you Jeremy. Uh, number one, distracting. Everybody say distraction. Distraction is a change of focus tactic. Distraction is a change of focus tactic. It is to get your eyes off of what you've been focused on. It's a change of focus tactic. Whenever there's distraction, you can know that, that the enemy is trying to get you to change your focus. You ever been in worship trying to put your focus on God and then? You ever tried to pray at home and then? You ever had a real good day of worship, good morning meditation and everything, your day started off good, and then some devil... 
Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. It, it's, it's a change of focus tactic because what happens is we start focusing on what happened rather than focusing on God. I'm going to have a good day today. I declare in Jesus' name, I'm going to have a good day. Victory is mine. And then something happens. And we take our mind right off victory. Number two, insult. Insult. This tactic is designed to make you lose faith. Who do they think they are? How are they going to rebuild that wall? Are they going to bring those dead stones back to life? Look at those burnt up rocks. They can't build nothing with that. They don't know how to build nothing. They don't have, they don't have a degree. They can't even use the Queen's English. They, they don't know what they're doing. Don't talk to me, somebody. They don't know how to do that. They'll never make it. Even if a fox came and sat on the wall, it'll fall down. Isn't that insulting? Big old wall, little old fox, and you saying this little light fox will tear my work down? It's to make you lose faith. Somebody catch this. We didn't come to get, we didn't come to shout today. We came to get instruction. Your purpose is to raise a child who loves God and who fears God. Some foolish person always has something to say about how you're raising your kid. Ignore them. Do it the way God told you to do it. Let the church say. Amen. Number three, intimidation. This is a fear-based tactic. I'm going to get you. I'm going to fire you. I'm not going to give you my support. Fear-based to scare us off our mark. People turning on us and stuff. You ever had somebody turn on you? And if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. Well, go on. I ain't going to be your friend though. You ain't my friend in the first place. In the first place, you ain't my friend. In the second place, get to stepping. I ain't got time for that. Let me say, let me tell you something. You, ain't nobody in here got time to be scared. You know how many people fail trying to do what you're trying to do? You know how many business fail? Business has failed in the first five years. Well, I'm gonna make it to six, baby. Just hang around. You know how many people, they don't make it. They get sick and so and so and so and such and such and such and thus and so. And I'm confessing my healing in Jesus' name. If you ain't got nothing to say to affirm what I'm saying, then please don't say nothing at all. I am not trying to hear you. Don't tell me you're trying to help me. Don't tell me you're trying to keep me from getting my hope. I want my hopes up. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but holy lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock. I stand all other ground is sinking sand. I don't care what you tell me is not possible. The word says it is possible, and I will not let you scare me away from believing God. 
I won't even allow what goes wrong to scare me. Because sometimes on the way to something getting right, twins, it goes wrong. Am I talking to anybody in here? And then just because something goes wrong, we stop believing that God has spoken that word over our lives. Just because we wake up the next day feeling worse than we did the day before, we stop believing God for our healing. Just because the boss is acting crazy, we stop believing God for peace. The devil is a liar. I will not be frightened off of my mark. I'm going to fulfill my purpose here, even if I got to do it in the face of opposition. Y'all excuse me. I got a little caught up because I'm sick and tired of fear and intimidation and insult. The fourth thing, where we at? The fourth thing, we're on the fourth thing, persistence. Persistence. This tactic is meant to wear you down. He just won't quit, pastor. He's not going to quit. Every time he dealt with a letter, a new letter came. Can you imagine what it's like to be working on the wall, Pam, and then you look over to your left and here this joker comes with another letter. I already had to deal. How many of y'all say, I already had to deal with this and here it is. Come on, talk to me. Here it is again. I already dealt with this. I already dealt with this person. I already dealt with this situation. I already dealt with being in debt. I already dealt with debt collectors. I already dealt with going into bankruptcy. I already de- Oh, God, help me here. How long am I going to have to keep dealing with this? How long are you going to walk in your purpose? Oh, how long are you going to stay focused on what God called you to do and being who God called you to be? Because as long as you stay in your purpose, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is going to be persistent about getting you off. But once you quit, What's going to bother you then is conviction. So what would you rather have the enemy messing with you or be convicted by the spirit of God? He's persistent. He just kept coming back. Five letters. Five letters. Five letters. And in the fifth letter, we get our fifth thing. You ready? Discrediting. Discrediting. This tactic, watch this, is a loss of support tactic. It's to get people who once supported you to turn on you. You selfish. You're only doing this for yourself, Nehemiah. See, you want to be king. See, he's saying all this, and then he's spreading rumors. Somebody say rumors. Look at all these rumors around me every day. Rumors, 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 spreading rumors so, so that the people who did support you will stop supporting you because now they think that Nehemiah is making it about himself. See, Nehemiah just want to be king. He already got prophets in place. He's setting up his own kingdom. He's rebelling against the king. Come on, y'all. See, he's using y'all. He's using of God. He's using y'all. Y'all are being foolish supporting him because he's just trying to get what he wants. He doesn't care about y'all. They're trying to make him lose support. Because you got to get it. Every time they came, Apostle, the gates, the, the walls were much closer to being built. And every time the walls got closer, Pam, watch it, then the, 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 the tactic ramped up. Can I say something to you? The reason some of y'all are up under, up under so much heat is because you're close. See, he tried little itty-bitty stuff when you were starting, hoping that he could get you to quit at the beginning, but you kept pressing. 
And see, what you got to understand is the more you press, the closer you get. But the closer you get, the more intense the fight becomes. So see, what you ought to be doing instead of crying is you ought to be doing laps around the church like Elder Johnson did because the closer I get, and I know the harder it's going to get, which means I'm almost... Elder Johnson, you're almost there. Going to give God a shout right there. You're almost there. How long has the enemy been trying to get you to quit? How long has he been trying to get you to put your Bible down? How long has he been trying to get you to stop preaching this gospel and telling people that God loves them? How long? And I know sometimes you say, man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of all this stuff, man. I'm tired of going. Same thing. I just keep revisiting the same thing. I'm glad God gave me a revelation. I keep revisiting the same thing. And it's because that enemy will not give up. And that's because you won't give up. Y'all with me? I promise you I ain't going to be here all day. So you're going to have to get it now. You're going to have to get it while the getting is good now. I'm telling you. Say amen, because I got 17 things I got to go over, 17 of them now, and I can't spend all day. Amen. So you either memorize it, take pictures of it, or write it down, because I got 17 things. The Holy Spirit gave me 17 things over three days. He started speaking. I ain't preaching in a while. I can take my time, mother. The mother of the church said I could take my time. Y'all might as well tighten up. Buckle up your seatbelts. We're going in. Excuse me, we are going in. So somebody touch your neighbor and tell him, I'm almost there. Sam, they don't work. The tactics don't work. Deal with it and then move forward. See, here's the thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Each time an enemy came, right? You see, I'm looking right at you. Each time an enemy came, he dealt with it and then went back to work. He never stopped working. He took a minute to address it and then went back to work. See, where we fail is we spend all our time dealing with that. And we're not getting any work done. So you have to be the one who manages your time. You have to make the decision what you have time for. You don't let it make the decision for you. Y'all with me? The situation and the circumstances have been dictating to us where we spend our time. No more. I thought I paid this bill. I didn't pay this bill. Well, I better pay this bill and then go on back. Now, why would you sit at the job wait, or wait all day worrying about that bill? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Can't even focus on what we need to be doing because we're worried about what? That. You off work now. What happened at work happened at work. It ain't happening here. Talk to me. Some, Somebody's going to get delivered right here today. It's not happening here. It happened there. I'm here now. I'm going to enjoy here. I'm not going to let them mess me up here. Somebody shout glory. glory. You mean that happened Tuesday and I'm worried about it Wednesday? Oh, the devil is a liar. God gave me Wednesday. Yeah. This is the day that the Lord has made. I ain't got but one responsibility. I only got one. I got one. Rejoice and be glad in it. That's all I got to do. The Lord made the day. You know I ain't even responsible for making the day. 
I look at your neighbor and say, do what you're responsible for. Do, do what you're responsible for. You worry about too much. <laughs> Just rejoice and be glad. That's all you, you got to do. Rejoice and be Somebody tap your neighbor and say, rejoice and be glad. Somebody come on. Rejoice and be glad. They ain't twins. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Rejoice and be glad. Come on. That's all you That's your only job. No, and my job is not to get you straight. My job is not to tell you off. Rejoice. <laughs> And be glad. I feel that in my spirit. Somebody need to go to work tomorrow and when the devil start acting up and just say, I ain't got time for you. My job is to rejoice and I feel a shout coming on. Somebody say, I'm about to get my rejoice on. I'm about to get my rejoice on. You better leave me alone because I'm, I'm going to do it. If you don't, if you keep on, I'm, I'm going to get it in. You keep bothering me. I'm going to clap my hand. You, you keep messing with me. I'm going to shout up, up in here. I wish I had a, I wish I had somebody that will look at your situation and say, if you don't go away, I'm going I'm to I lift one foot. Now you mess with me. I'm going to pick them up and I'm going to put them down. I'm going to give God the glory. Because I got one job. Somebody say one job, one job, one job, one job, one job. Rejoice and be good. If you only have one job, you ought to be good at it. You ought to be the rejoicingest and the be gladdenest person anybody ever met. One job, rejoice and. You're not even responsible for fixing stuff. You're not responsible for fixing what went wrong. Your job. I need, I need to fix this. See, that's why I go, that's why I go wrong. I'm just gonna tell my that's why I go wrong. I try to fix stuff. I try to fix it, then I mess it up. Now it's worse than it was. Now I'm really upset. Because I know I ain't had no business trying to fix that. I know nobody in this room ever did that, but if you did, just wave at me. Don't make me feel like I'm by myself. Just wait when you wait. Well, I'm waving back. I tried to fix it, and then the Lord said to me one day, boy, that ain't your job. Let me fix it. If you bring it to me, I'll fix it. <laughs> I'm the fixer. Come on here, y'all. I'll fix it. I'll fix it good, too. All you got to do is rejoice and be glad. You ever seen a cheerleader run out on the field and try to catch the ball? <laughs> no, she don't go out there. Why? Because that ain't her job. But her job is to cheer <laughs> while the team plays. Y'all missing this. Her job is to cheer. <laughs> Get him, God. <laughs> I'll work him over, God. Y'all not going with me here. Fix it, Jesus. My job is to cheer him on while he does his job. Somebody shout yes. I ain't got no business putting my hand in that. I'm a cheerleader. J-E-S-U-S. I am preaching myself happy. Jesus. Because I'm getting free right here in front of y'all. It's happening for me. I pray it's happening for you. Don't let it just happen for me because this ain't just a one man getting free church. Everybody can get free. I know they're saying that pastor is crazy. I ain't crazy. I love Jesus. Somebody reach over to your neighbor and say, just cheer him on. <laughs> Let him handle, Pam, what he's supposed to handle. And you just stand on the sideline with your hands lifted. 
Same, do it, God. Fix it, Jesus. <laughs> he can't mess with you, God. He ain't big enough and he ain't bad enough. Who is bigger than our God? Nobody. I'm going to lead y'all in a chair. I got the victory, 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 victory in Jesus. I'm sorry, that just slipped out. Elder Johnson got me on Facebook singing that song. Hear the lessons, hear the lessons. You ready for the lessons? Number one, before you give your time to anyone, you must know their purpose. Before you give your time to anyone, you must know their purpose. I want to meet with you. What for? I tell you when you get there, no, you won't. Because if you want to meet with me, I need to know why before I take time. Because I need to be able to decide whether or not this is a waste of time or not before I get to oh no. Because <laughs> I might want to say oh no before I get to oh no. Why, 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 why is it that you, because your time is important. Your time is valuable. And every moment, thank you, it counts. And if I'm over here with you, when I could have been over here doing the work, what you want to meet with me for, Tobiah? Sam Ballot? Geesham? See, the Lord already showed me. You trying to kill me. Because you know if you kill me, the work. See, the problem is not us. The problem is the work. That's why the sermon ain't about us. Joseph, why did they throw Joseph into the pit? It was over a dream. They say, let us throw him into the pit. Let's kill him and let's see what becomes of his dream. It wasn't about him. It was about the dream. They want an assignment. Stop Joseph from reaching his purpose. So before I meet with you, I need to know what your purpose is. Because my time is valuable. See what I'm saying? The enemy will use stuff to mess with your time. Some stuff, you just need to say, thank you, Jesus, and keep it moving. We done locked up for 30 minutes praying about something that the Lord already gave us a revelation that he dealt with. Thank you, Jesus, and keep it moving. This, this ain't prayer closet time now because the Lord already gave me a word. And why do I have to go and beg God to do what, what he already promised to do? No, thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> And keep it what? Moving. Because I got the work in my what? Purpose. Watch this. Watch this. Number, number, where are we on? Number three. Number three. Number three. You ready for this? Number, no, that, that, number one was before you give someone your time, you must know their purpose. Number two is uh, why? Because your time is valuable. But, but number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. You ready? If you believe, you do not need your haters to believe. 
in the age of haters. If you believe, you don't need them to believe. He did not need Tobias, Sanballat, and Geshem to believe. But he needed to believe. Getting this? Remember, this is not about us. What is it about? A God-given purpose. Some of you, you got that. Listen, can I say, you, you got promoted because you are going to impact people with the God in you at a higher level. See, promotion, the scripture says, no man takes a light and put it up under a bushel. He puts it on a lampstand. Your promotion is indicative of your lampstand so that the light of Christ can shine out to you to people that you are now responsible for and have influence with. But there is an enemy that tries to convince you that you shouldn't be where you are. Some of you have a dream to arrive at a place and just because some things broke down along the way, you are hesitating to believe for the next dream. I'm telling you, dream again. Somebody shout glory. You don't need your haters to believe. You just need to believe. Number four, never do anything to prove something. I heard people all the time, I'm going to prove to them that I can never do anything to prove something. Do it only because it supports your purpose. Never make your success about somebody else. Never make your efforts about somebody else because it steals your why. We can start off with good motives. We can start off with clean motives and a clean heart and allow somebody else, our, 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 our anger with somebody else to taint it. And then we'll start asking, but the Holy Spirit said you're asking, you don't have because you ask amiss. You ask God to bless it for the wrong reason. We ask God to bless it because we want to prove to somebody that we're not a failure. We started off wanting to please God and we made it about people. This is not about people. This is about God. This is about the one who birthed us, the one who gave us a reason to live. So we're not going to preach good so that we can prove to people that we're a good preacher. I'll show you. Don't do that. Only do what supports your purpose. Just because somebody says something negative about you, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. The fact that God bless you to be who you are is proof enough. Is this helping anybody? We have literally, we have believers that are trying to show people. I'll show you. And then we lose our purity of purpose. Always keep it about God. Always keep it about God. Don't ever make it about us. Don't ever make it about others. Somebody say, I'm going to keep it about God. I'm going to keep it about God. 
Number five, stay on this hater thing for just a minute. Having haters is a sign of significance. If Nehemiah wasn't doing anything, he wouldn't have had anything for them to want to stop. You got to change your perspective. See, we get a hater, we be like, mama, they don't want to play with me. Back, back Back yourself up a minute and say, why you hating on me? What is it that I'm doing that would make you take the time out of your schedule to hate me? You, you took time and effort and energy to get a group of people together to put together the I'm going to hate them crowd. You took the time to get on Facebook when you could have been typing about Jesus to throw shade. Because they don't talk about people who ain't doing nothing. They talked about Jesus. You want to know why? Because he was doing something and they wish they could do it. Jesus cast out the devil. They got in a little crowd. Well, the only reason he able to cast them out is because he got the power of the devil in them. You jealous jokers. That's the next point. Hating ain't nothing but jealousy. I wish I could. I wish I had. I don't see how he got that woman. Look at how pretty she is. So and so and so. Yeah, you wish you had it, don't you, bro? <laughs> you sure married up. I knew. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Not only did I marry up, but I'm moving up. Somebody shout glory. glory. No, I, I, don't, I don't have time to let that get to me. And now I'm depressed. Now I got to deal with depression. Now I got to feel, I got to deal with all of these emotions now. Stops the work. Now I'm trying to do stuff to prove to you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to win your win your friendship. I'm trying to win your friendship. I'm trying to prove to you I'm not that bad of a guy. So I'm gonna do stuff to win. You wanna go to lunch? I'm buying. Uh-uh. I'm gonna eat my sandwich and thank the Lord. I'm going to go to lunch to people who want to be with me. That was somebody I got to work the whole lunch period to try to impress. Now I'm making it about, and I took my eyes off, and I done messed around and got out of my purpose. 
Boy, that thing will sneak up on you. You don't mean to get out. You made up your mind you're going to stay in it. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm have a great week this week. It's going to be a great week. I'm going to walk in the purpose of God. Whatever God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden, you over here and your purpose is over there. And you're like, how did I get here? Because all it takes is for you to change your focus. Can I tell you that you're drawn toward what you focus on? I talked I talk to somebody, they would tell me, Pastor, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. I got to stop doing that. I say, stop focusing on what you got to stop doing and stop focusing on what you need to do. And then you'll stop doing what you need to stop doing. As long as you keep focusing on what you need to stop doing, you're drawn to it. I need to stop letting people bother me. No, don't do that. Put your focus somewhere else. Put your focus on something positive, like giving God the glory. And, and then people won't bother you. You know why? Because you changed your... Recorrecting your focus is like looking in the rearview mirror. You don't look in it all the time. You look in it when you need to. Okay, I'm going to stop. All right, let's go. Hater is a new word for jealous. Number seven. Have you ever noticed that people who comment negatively on what someone else is doing isn't doing anything? I was, I was, uh, Pastor Leslie showed me this, this guy, he's a speaker, speaks all over the world, all over the world. Everybody say all over the world. This man speaks all over the world in front of crowds and schools, colleges and, and corporations, right? And listen to this clay now. And so on YouTube, they let you comment. I wish they closed the comments. Because all these jokers down here, underneath the man, now the man's speaking in front of a corporation now. They underneath him talking about the fact he don't know nothing. I'm looking at all these comments. I'm listening to the guy speak, and the guy blessing me. He is blessing me. I'm sitting here being blessed. And then I start reading the comments, and I say, what in the world? And then the, the thought came to me, Mother Trapio, where are these jokers speaking at? What corporation has asked you to come? Who flew you in? See, we're getting upset over what people have to say about us. But don't worry about what are you doing, Doc? You building that old sorry wall. What ball? What wall have you built, bro? Come on. Come on. It's taking us away from our what? I'm not, I'm not saying people are bad or anything. I'm not saying that. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, just away with people, forget people. No, because we need each other. What I'm saying is when that negative behavior manifests, you got to learn how to see it, deal with it, and move on. We cannot get caught up in the negative behavior. I got, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got to, anybody being blessed by this? It's the behavior, not the people. Okay, I, I got to say that. It's the behavior we're dealing with, not the people, because we wrestle not against flesh, but against powers, principality, spiritual wickedness, and high places, rulers of darkness. Come on. We're not, it's not about people. It's about the behaviors. We're learning how to deal with what? Behaviors. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. I just had to back up and clear that up. All right, number eight, and this is really good. Nehemiah was convinced that this was his calling. You have to be convinced. 
that what you're doing is what you're called to do. Because if you're not, you will quit. And it could be your calling. But you have to be convinced. If you are a doorkeeper, you believe that that's what you're supposed to be doing, then you will be the best doorkeeper there is. No matter if you speak to someone and they don't speak back. Can, can I say, can I, can I give you a testimony? Quick testimony. I believe that God has called me to be a gentleman. I believe that I'm supposed to open doors for ladies. If I don't know them, and some of you around here, I've opened the door for you. When you get ready to get up, I put my hand out to help you stand up. Right, right, right. And I'm not married to you, but I just believe I'm supposed to show people it's my call to help women know chivalry is not dead. It ain't even on life support. It is alive and well. But I open doors for people and they walk by me like I'm the doorman. Now, I don't know you and you don't know me. And I know your mother taught you to say thank you when somebody does you a favor. But they walk right past me. They walk right past me, Portia, like I'm the doorman, like I'm Ralph. From the Jeffersons, you know what I'm talking about. And even Ralph wanted a tip. So if you ain't going to say thank you, drop a little something in my hand. I'm just saying. And so I told my wife, God is my witness. I told I am not opening the door for anybody else. I am done just for you. That's it. See another woman coming to the door? I ain't worrying about it. The door open, I'm just going to keep walking. I'm serious. And I was mad. I was upset. And one day we're going in somewhere and the doors open, lady were coming. Doors open, lady were coming. I became conflicted. No, I did. I was conflicted. I was like, one part of me said, don't you open that door. The other part said, you better go hold that door. And I didn't. I was just going back and forth. Don, I didn't know what to do. And before I knew it, I, start, I found myself holding the door. And the lady said, thank you. You're such a gentleman. Don't ever let bad behavior keep you from doing what you know God told you to do. Because just because somebody doesn't appreciate it, someone will come along who does. We let one person make us want to quit. I got to hurry, y'all. Number, 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 that was eight. Number nine. The fact that he was convinced Elder Johnson that this was his calling impacted his attitude toward the task at hand and created an urgency that he would not allow anyone or anything to diminish. It created his attitude toward the task, toward his purpose. He had an attitude toward the purpose that didn't allow the way people treated him to change the way he saw his purpose. Because it wasn't about the people, it was about the purpose. If you remember why you're doing it, you can keep doing it. But if you ever get twisted on your why, you'll want to quit. So when Elder Smith interviewed me, 
He asked me the question, Pastor Taylor, how have you done this so long? And I told him, I said, when I accepted this call to be a pastor, I didn't know anybody in this room really. So it couldn't have been about the people in this room. No, no, no. Not, not throwing shade, not being negative. What I'm saying is, I remember why I, I remember why I'm doing this. So when it gets hard, I have to go back to that day when I was in the room and my wife wasn't even there. I was in the room with God alone. And I have to remember that day I said yes to God. Hallelujah. Married people. Go back to why you married them. When they start getting on your nerves. And they will. Remember how when somebody said, why you married him? Oh, child. I love him. Remember that? Remember that? Go back to that. Don't let this make you forget that. Because even when Peter messed up, Jesus went to the beach and got Peter and said, come back. Because I know you did this, but I remember that. That day when you, were, when you told me who I was, I told you who you were, and I hadn't forgotten. I'm, I'm sorry, just side note. All right, number, number 10. You have to know that you are called to do what you were doing. That's number 10. Number 11. Assignments precede the assignment. Assignments, assignments precede the assignment. Okay, what does that mean? Here it is, number 12. It means we should look at our current assignments differently. Now, you have a, you have a vision of where you're supposed to be, but you're not there yet. Raise your hand. Looking at the people all around you. You, you, you in a place, but, but that's not the place you dreamed of. That's not on your vision board. Right? Anybody have a vision board and you're not at that place on your vision board yet? You, you're in the middle somewhere. But we have to change the way we see it. Because, see, a lot of times we look at it negatively while we look at the other thing with dreamy eyes. Not realizing that there's some, thump, some things we're getting where we don't want to be that's going to help us when we get to where we want to be. See, because at the time that he got this vision to rebuild the wall, he was a cupbearer. His job was to take the king's cup and drink it so that if it was important, if it had poison in it, he would die and not the king. Who wants that job? <laughs> but that was his job. But, but when he got the vision to go rebuild the wall because he worked for the king, he was able to get everything he needed to rebuild the wall. My question to you is, what are you getting where you are that you wouldn't get if you weren't there? See, we, we don't like where we are, but we're getting stuff here that's going to help us when we get there. He had Sam, he had favor with the king. And when he told the king what he wanted to do, the king gave him a letter. And say, go down to the forest and tell him, I said, give him everything you want. 
But if he didn't work for the king, he couldn't have gotten it. Somebody say, thank God for where I am. God, I bless you for where I'm at right now. Some of us slow on it. Some of us ain't blessing God. But I promise you, you're getting some stuff where you are. I don't want to be where I am. It ain't about what you want. Remember, this sermon is not about us. Jesus. Go ahead through that. Go ahead through that. Go ahead. Next one. Next one. Access to a contact. It's somebody you in the presence of who can help you. And if we quit whining about where we are, we might look up and see our contact. It's some people that might not even like you who can help you get where you need to go. I just got to tell you, God can turn their heart towards you and they'll bless your socks off and not even know why, Clay. <laughs> but if we're negative, they're going to stay negative. I just got to somebody Don't let their mood change yours. Let me see. Number 15, he had access. Go ahead. He had access. Because he, had, because he was the cupbearer, he had access to the king who had access to what Nehemiah needed to rebuild the wall. Uh, next, num, num, the question. What has our current assignment given us that we would not have if we had not been where we are? I already asked that question. Last one. Know the source. <laughs> Mother, I couldn't have said it better. Know the source. Know who's behind all this stuff. It's not that person. It's Satan. He sees what you have the potential to do. So he's trying to stop you so that you don't reach your and if you don't reach your potential then you will not fulfill your purpose smile back at me pastor why is all this stuff I don't understand it. I come to church. I sing on the prayer team. I, I, I pray and I fast. I don't be sinning and stuff that much. And the devil won't, he won't leave me alone. <laughs> And I just want to, I want to cry too. <laughs> but y'all don't want to hear me cry. <laughs> y'all want me to preach. <laughs> but I got troubles. <laughs> I got problems. <laughs> the devil messed with my wife. <laughs> but if I did that, instead of fulfill my purpose, y'all wouldn't come back.
You understand why he's doing what he's doing. And you understand that you are in charge of how you spend your time. And if Nehemiah didn't teach us anything, he taught us time management. He taught us that we decide how much time we give our enemy. We deal with him and we get back to work. Thank you, Lord. Every message is not about us jumping, Father. We get that. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we have purpose. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we're a part of something significant. We might not be called to preach, but we're called to be an amazing mother or father. We're called to be a mentor to the younger men and women in our families. We're called to be a light on our jobs. We are called to so many things because there are so many components to kingdom, God. There's so many wonderful things that we can do in the spirit outside of the church. And I thank you that we're going to lock in our purpose. Some of us are educators born to teach children. Some of the children are hard to teach, but they don't impact our enthusiasm about our purpose. Because we're going to make teaching about you again. We're going to make our job about you again because we couldn't have got there without you. We know that we didn't have the credentials to be sitting behind the desk that we're sitting behind. You did that, God. You placed us with a purpose, and we're going to connect our purpose once again. The devil trying to get us off course, trying to make us leave our husband or leave our wives when you assigned us to each other. Ain't nothing but the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Rulers of darkness of this age, we take authority over every spirit. We take authority over our own emotions, and we declare and decree that we are the blessed of the Lord, that we are abundant in your power, that we operate in the anointing of the Most High God, and that we will fulfill our purpose. And if we're on a job we don't like right now, help us to see that even where we don't like being has purpose and is preparing us for the next place. Help us to take our focus off people, off stuff, off of ourselves. Put it back on you. Because if we keep our eyes on you, it makes all the stuff easier. We love you. We know you love us. We're going to do what you called us to do. That's why you raised us up. That's why you saved us. We've been wondering why you saved us. We've been wondering out of all the people who did all the stuff that we did and why you didn't let us die in the car accident. 
why you didn't let us overdose? Why we didn't get HIV and die? We were wondering, God, why the bullet didn't hit us? Why the house didn't burn down with us in it? Why, God, why did you save us? Why did you redeem us when we wondered if we were even redeemable? It's because you saw something in us that we didn't see in ourselves, and people still don't see in us. But if you see it, we're satisfied. Somebody give God a shout in this place. Somebody give God a shout in this place. Everybody in here who believes that God has called you and that you have a purpose and that you didn't just walk down the aisle of a church one day and get saved, but that God has a plan for your life. I need you to open your mouth and begin to bless the Lord. I need you to thank Jesus in this place. It's time to go home. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I've got a purpose. Write that book. Sing that song. Start that business. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place. Stop being intimidated because you think the task is bigger than you. You were born for this. Can I share? Y'all, I don't look at this like something I think I can do. I don't look at this and say, I got this and no problem. My life is not trouble free. Pastor Leslie's life is not trouble free. We're your leaders. Read the scripture. When Jesus went out on his ship, other ships behind him, his ship hit the storm first. I'm telling you what you're capable of doing even when you don't think you're capable of doing it. You have survived stuff that you thought would kill you. Right now, you are standing here as a witness that you can survive more than you think. You have watched other people go through stuff and you say, there's no way I'll make it through that. And you made it. You know why? Because you can't die in it. You cannot go crazy in this. You will not lose your mind in this because God has something for you to do. Somebody grab your neighbor and say, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose focus. I know it's time to go, but I feel an anointing. Something's being broken in this place.